Welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we continue our Holy Week readings. This would be Monday, which is sometimes called Fig Monday during Holy Week. And our reading today is from Psalm 22. Now, before we actually dig into the text, a little bit of context for you as to why we're reading this passage at this time. In our hymnals today as a church, uh, especially the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, where I serve, but also many other churches as well, we end up titling our hymn after the very first words of that hymn. So when you say, for example, no tramp of soldiers marching feet is the hymn we're going to start our service with this past weekend. Well, um, we some of us may know that as number 444 in our hymnal, but we know the hymn by its name. Um, A mighty fortress is our God is just another example. There are so many uh, throughout the history of the church. This is just the way we viewed these things. Now, why is this important for us today? As Jesus is hanging on the cross on Good Friday, one of the things that he cries out for people to hear, and we find this in Matthew 27, verse 46, and also in Mark chapter 15, verse 34, Jesus cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, many American Christians, um, Christians at this time in history, miss this connection entirely. They read this and they think of Jesus dying on the cross. They think of of the idea that in, in our sins, with our sins weighing him down on the cross, that God has looked away, that God has turned his back, the Father turning his back on the Son. And that's the only part of this picture that they see. But there's more to it. Jesus uses these very specific words because they're the title of an Old Testament hymn. The book of Psalms is the Old Testament's hymnal. And so instead of calling it Psalm 22, like we do today, the people of that time and that culture would have known this Old Testament hymn by those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As Jesus is dying on the cross, He calls the attention of everyone around that cross. So all the Jews that were standing by, the Pharisees, the chief priests, anybody that was still there, who was still watching, hears Jesus say these words, and their minds are drawn to this Old Testament hymn. So as we now read the text, hear these words that David wrote, thousand roughly years prior to the crucifixion, hear these words as coming from the very mouth of Jesus himself. And for our children, as we're reading this through, see how many connections you can make, and then talk about them. See how many connections you can make to Jesus' life during Holy Week. Our text, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, 
They make mouths at me, and they wag their heads. He trusts in Yahweh. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Yahweh, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear Yahweh, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise Yahweh. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to Yahweh, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to Yahweh, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of, of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. This text begins with a reflection on Jesus' suffering, and really that carries through most of the text. There's a mixture of the suffering of Christ and at the same time a praising of the Lord for what the Lord does even in the midst of that suffering. That's what the entire book of First Peter is about. It's a wonderful letter um, to any Christian who is suffering. It is very encouraging. Now, in this text here, without jumping, we'll... We'll quote First Peter in a little bit for another reason, but let's stay here. We see in verses 3 through 5, Jesus, David, praising God for, for what God is and what God has done. Like verse 4, in you our fathers trusted, you delivered them. A wonderful reminder. Faith, trust, same thing. They had faith in God, they trusted in God, and God saved them, he delivered them. For David, that's a reference back to not just Egypt, but even the, the book of Judges and the, the history there. David is the warrior king and has been through so much of that. And now uh, Jesus saying the same thing. 
as people are placing their trust in in God for salvation, he does deliver them from their sins and from death. They are not put to shame. They are rescued. Verses, well, really, six through so much of the rest of the psalm, give us specific things we can link to Jesus. Scorned by mankind, despised by the people, mocked. They make mouths at him. They wag their heads. They taunt him. They, they mock him. And verse 8 gives a very specific example that rings out of the voices of the, the people gathered around the cross on Good Friday. He trusts in Yahweh. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Those words should sound familiar. It's not word for word to the New Testament, but it's pretty close, uh, the things they said. Verses 9 and 10, Jesus was set apart even from the womb to be the Savior of God's people and all of his creation. And he calls here for help. He calls for God's comfort, the Father, to help and encourage. We have verse 12, uh, a reference to the bulls and Bashan. Bashan was a region to the east of the promised land in the Old Testament uh, that the people of God ended up conquering in order to reach the promised land. So Jesus surrounded on the cross by the enemies of God in order that we might reach the promised land of paradise in him. A really neat connection there. Verse 13, uh, the enemies of the of David uh, opening their mouths like a, a roaring lion. Uh, this reminds me of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, about the devil. As Peter says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So we've got the, the picture of the Old Testament. Now we've got the picture with Jesus the roaring lion being the devil trying to destroy God's creation by destroying God himself. Verse 14, the water pouring out literally at the time of Jesus' death, water poured from his side. Um, verse, well, it also continues with the severe beating, his bones all being out of joint as here. Verse 15, uh, strength being dried up as we, again, the, the torture he endured, his tongue sticking to his jaws, which leads to him in John 19, 28, saying, I thirst. Um, if any of you have ever been that dehydrated that you really can't even move your tongue within your mouth, um, you know may know that feeling at least. Verse 16, evildoers encircle me. And we get that, that line, they have pierced my hands and my feet direct picture of the crucifixion. Verse 18, uh, sorry, 17, they stare, they gloat. Verse 18, they divide garments, they cast lots for my garments. Again, direct connection to Jesus on the cross as the soldiers did that very thing uh, on Good Friday. Verse 19, again, calling out for God to help, to aid, to deliver. Verse 20, we see those words, deliver my soul from the sword. This should take your mind, hopefully, to Simeon speaking to Mary in Luke 2, that a sword would pierce her soul also. Um, there's a great connection here. And then as we get into verse 21, save me from the mouth of the lion. So we now have the image of Daniel in the lion's den, but we also have that same picture from 1 Peter as Jesus is right now being devoured by the enemy. The devil thinks this is a victorious moment for himself, but God the Father uh, will deliver Jesus from his grasp, uh, raising him from the dead unto new life. And that's 
You have rescued me. Those words there. Verse 22 through 23, uh, more praise of God in this section. I will tell of your name to my brothers. Uh, David did that in his life, sharing the good news about God, um, the faithfulness of the Lord. But Jesus does that all the more. Sharing with us, passing that good news on to us, that we might know what God has done for us. Verse 24, he has not hidden his face. God hears, God answers. As Jesus the Son is calling out from the cross, God the Father hears his prayer, answers his prayer. He greets it with the resurrection, which is to come. Verse 25, my vows I will perform before those who fear him. So those who fear him, those who fear the Lord, is another way to talk about the faithful. My vows, the things that God has promised. The question for our children can be used here. What has Jesus promised the faithful? A couple of hints come in the next verse. Verse 26, they shall eat and be satisfied. That's where the name of this podcast comes from, the daily bite. Uh, as we pray in the Lord's Prayer that God would give us our daily bread. Uh, we also know that Jesus is the bread of life. So we've got the connection to God's word. We've got the connection to his sacrament, the Lord's Supper. As we eat the body and blood of Jesus, we shall eat and be satisfied. Sins forgiven, strengthened for the day together. May your hearts live forever. That's the promise. That's the promise that we as Christians cling to. That's what we have. That's what we know in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we are Christians at all, is because of the promise that we get to live with him forevermore. Verse 27, Jesus is calling the hearers to repent. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to Yahweh. The word turn there in the Hebrew is the word shuv, which is the Hebrew word for turn, return, or repent. Um, so as Jesus does often in his preaching in the New Testament, calling people to repent, even from the cross. We hear him speak the word of forgiveness, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And here we hear him making reference to this call to repent, that they would trust in, in the Lord again. There's more praise that follows in verse 28. Uh, verse 29 then has the reference to how all of us will die, uh, no matter how hard we fight death. We are all ones who could not keep ourselves alive. We jump down to the very last verse, verse 31. They shall proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Question for our children, done what? What has God done? What are we to proclaim to others? And so our job here, what we are to proclaim, is we're to tell all those who come after us, we're to tell all of them about what Jesus has done, not just for, for us, but also for them as well. And then that, that thing, what is that thing that he has done it? That mirrors Jesus' words in John chapter 19, verse 30, where he says on the cross, it is finished. Wonderful, wonderful statement. Um, what is finished? His suffering on our account. Our sins. Our death. Done. Defeated. Destroyed. 
by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of God on the cross, as he gave up his final breath, as he died there, it sealed that vow, that promise from verses 25 and 26. Forevermore, the devil is defeated. You are forgiven. You are a child of God. Amen.